Brexit, the Irish border and the all-island single electricity market, Ireland, challenges for EU energy policy and cross-jurisdictional regulatory governance. A podcast prepared by Dr Tanya Harrington for the Florence School of Regulation. Brexit potentially poses a number of fundamental challenges to Ireland's energy sector, including security of supply, future investment into interconnectors, maintenance of emergency oil stocks, regional integration within the internal energy market and, of course, the future of the single electricity market, also known as SEM, on the island of Ireland. The question of the Irish border is intrinsically linked to the future of the SEM because Ireland and Northern Ireland jointly operate a single wholesale electricity market across this border. The future of the Irish border is also entwined with the future EU-UK trade relationship and it will continue to feature prominently over the coming weeks in the withdrawal negotiations between the UK and EU27. Having reached substantial agreement on the text of the draft withdrawal agreement last March, including on issues of citizens' rights, the financial settlement, transition and provision for the UK to negotiate, sign and ratify new trade deals with third countries, Further work is required on separation and institutional provisions and the protocol on Ireland and Northern Ireland. The timeline for the completion of these negotiations is extremely tight, with just a matter of months left to the 21st of January 2019, the date by which the UK Prime Minister must make a statement to Parliament on how Her Majesty's Government plans to proceed in the absence of a deal. One of the most difficult areas that remains unresolved is that of the treatment of the Irish border post-Brexit. In the UK referendum on exiting the EU, Northern Ireland voted to remain in the EU by a majority of 56% to 44%. However, after Brexit, Northern Ireland will be the only part of the UK to share a land border with an EU member state. Today, that border is largely invisible. This is so because of sustained efforts over the last 20 years to build and settle peace through the expansion of trade and investment on the island of Ireland. The 20th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement on the 10th of April 2018 marked a significant milestone in the lives of citizens north and south of the Irish border, many of whom, younger than 30, have no memory of the troubles which beset Ireland throughout most of the 20th century. Both the Irish and the UK governments have acknowledged that the disappearance of physical border checkpoints on this border is the most tangible symbol of the peace process. Once the UK leaves the EU, the land border in Northern Ireland will change from an invisible one to an external EU border. The the UK government's decision to leave the Single Market and Customs Union means that in future, different regulatory and tariff regimes could be in force on the island of Ireland. Without an effective border, goods could cross between both jurisdictions without paying tariffs or complying with regulations and product standards. It is the future treatment of this new EU border that is at the heart of the Irish question. 
So how has the Irish border question been treated in the withdrawal negotiations to date? By way of background, it's important to note that the Good Friday Agreement created a distinctive cross-border dimension under strands two and three to the governance arrangements for Northern Ireland. On the 24th of January 2017, in the R. Miller versus Secretary of State for Exiting the European Union case, the UK Supreme Court ruled inter alia that the UK's decision to leave the EU does not change Northern Ireland's unique constitutional status under the Good Friday Agreement. The EU has taken a sequenced approach to negotiations on the UK's withdrawal from the EU, with phase one culminating in the publication of a joint report on the 8th of December 2017. Both the joint report and the subsequent withdrawal agreement of the 28th of February 2018 and its second iteration on the 19th of March 2018 explicitly call out the unique constitutional status of Northern Ireland and therefore the sanctity of the hard-won and intricate constitutional arrangements provided for in the Good Friday Agreement 1998. At paragraph 49, the joint report notes the United Kingdom remains committed to protecting North-South cooperation and to its guarantee of avoiding a hard border. Any future arrangements must be compatible with these overarching requirements. The joint re report allows for three options on Ireland. One, a solution through an overall new relationship. Two, alternative solutions put forward by the UK that would avoid reinstating a hard border. And three, maintaining all existing regulatory rules and procedures, effectively keeping Northern Ireland in the EU single market and customs union, and thus maintaining full alignment with those rules of the internal market and customs union, which now or in the future support North-South cooperation, the all-island economy, and the protection of the 1998 agreement, Article 49 of the Joint Report. As two of the three identified options can only be made operational in the context of discussions on the future EU-UK trade relationship, a protocol on Ireland-Northern Ireland was included in the withdrawal agreement of February 2018. This protocol sets out in legal terms how the third option or so-called backstop option may be operationalised. The European Commission's proposal for operationalising full alignment rests on two key provisions. Firstly, Chapter 3 of the protocol establishes a common regulatory area on the island of Ireland comprising the EU and Northern Ireland in which goods can move freely, Article 3. Secondly, that the territory of Northern Ireland shall be considered part of the customs territory of the EU, including the common VAT area, Article 4. Notably, in its second iteration of March 2018, the draft withdrawal agreement reached agreement on the policy objective of maintaining the SEM, Article 6, a commitment echoed in the UK government's Chequers paper. However, much uncertainty remains as to how the UK will give practical effect to any of the three options given the government's commitment to staying outside the single market and customs union, effectively ruling out option one. The distinct lack of progress on so-called technical solutions, effectively ruling out option two, and a refusal by both the Prime Minister and the leader of the DUP, which supports her government, to accept the establishment of a common regulatory area on the island of Ireland. The single electricity market 
crystallises some of the hardest questions raised by the UK's decision to leave the EU. The desire to see the SEM maintained has been echoed across the key capitals in Dublin, Belfast, London and Brussels. However, the prospective exiting of the UK from the EU demands that consideration now be given to the practical challenges of for planning, investing and operating an integrated wholesale electricity market on the island of Ireland in a post-Brexit world. It also raises important questions about the future of EU energy policy and the EU's approach to regional energy governance. So what is the SEM? The, single, the SEM is a single electricity wholesale market for the island of Ireland. It was legally established pursuant to the agreement of a memorandum of understanding between the UK and Ireland in 2006, which paved the way for domestic legislation in each jurisdiction in 2007. Brexit does not affect the legal structure underpinning SEM. The SEM combines what were two separate jurisdictional electricity markets into one jointly administered cross-jurisdictional wholesale electricity market. The goal of SEM is to provide the least cost source of electricity while also maximising sustainability and reliability for citizens in Northern Ireland and Ireland. How is the SEM governed? The SEM became one of the first of its kind when it went live on the 1st of November 2007 and has a decade-long positive track record in terms of securing investment and delivering secure electricity supply to citizens in both jurisdictions. The SEM Committee is the decision-making authority for the SEM. It is the cross-jurisdictional regulatory institution governing the SEM. The SEM Committee, as it is established in law, is simultaneously two committees of each regulatory authority, that is, the Utility Regulator in Northern Ireland and the Commission for the Regulation of Utilities in Ireland, which corporately meet as one and make decisions as a single decision-making authority. So, in statute, the SEM Committee is simultaneously two separate committees of CRU and UR, but consists of the same personnel and operates as a single decision-making authority with the ability to take decisions by simple majority. The SEM Committee is emblematic of EU regional energy governance in terms of the degree of integration of decision-making across two jurisdictions in a single region. While this novel de minimis institutional design was essential to the successful establishment and early functioning of the SEM Committee, over time some institutional fragilities have emerged. Brexit undoubtedly places these existing institutional fragilities under further strain. Prior to the Brexit referendum, when considering the future institutional design, my research identified two possible options for the SEM. Firstly, that of evolutionary incremental change and that of revolutionary change. Within option one, evolutionary change, three scenarios were identified. One, the creation of a single all-island regulatory body, an aligned regulatory institution on the island of Ireland. Two, the creation of an all-islands regulatory body across the entire UK and Ireland. Or three, a multilateral regional governance arrangement as is envisaged in the EU legislative framework. Option two of revolutionary change has just one scenario, which was the disestablishment of SEM owing to the delayed delivery of a north-south electricity interconnector.
So as we move forward through a period of immense uncertainty, the future options for the institutional design of SEM, in my view, have narrowed slightly due to a range of freshly created challenges. One, we have a radically altered, unfavourable political context. Two, we have increased risk of policy divergence as a consequence, both in terms of competition and state aid and other areas. Three, we have an increased risk of regulatory divergence, particularly in relation to interconnectors and market coupling. The unknown nature of the UK's future relationship with the EU and the consequential implications for dispute resolution is also a new challenge. In addition to those new challenges, we have the persistent old challenge of infrastructure risk. So when we think about the SEM going forward and its future institutional design, what might that future look like? If the UK opts to maintain full alignment with those rules of the Internal Market and Customs Union, which now or in the future support North-South cooperation, the all-island economy and the protection of the 1998 agreement, the so-called backstop position of the common regulatory area, then much of today's concerns regarding the future of the SEM are addressed. However, Brexit is a political problem, not a legal one. In the event that no mutually acceptable agreement on the Irish border can be reached, that is, in the event of a hard Brexit, I suggest that the options for the future institutional design of SEM governance have narrowed. I now effectively rule out the creation of an all-islands regulatory body, East-West, to, to be comprised of the entire UK and Ireland. Instead, I would envisage two potential scenarios. One, the creation of an all-island regulatory body. The objective here would be to strengthen the existing governance arrangements on the island. In the event of a hard Brexit, I suggest policymakers could consider the creation of distinct arrangements as provided for under Article 50 of the Joint Report of December 2017, provided these travel to a future withdrawal agreement. Alternatively, under Clause 10 of the European Union Withdrawal Act 2018, consideration could be given to the existing provisions of the Good Friday Agreement and or fresh constitutional solutions involving greater devolution of powers to Northern Ireland. It is not yet clear if the constitutionally challenging clauses 11 and 12 of the European Union Withdrawal Act 2018 could make this scenario even more difficult than it first appears. The second scenario for evolutionary change would be the establishment of a multilateral regional governance arrangement, now with mixed EU membership, such as those already established with Nordpool, which has some EU member states and Norway, the Pentalateral Forum, which has some EU member states and Switzerland, and the energy community to the southwest. The second option of revolutionary change, with one scenario, that of the disestablishment of SEM remains, with new political policy and regulatory risks in addition to the a historic infrastructure risk identified. There are a number of important insights from 10 successful years of operation of this market. I think these are worth considering. One, a favourable political context is essential when thinking about its future design. Agreed political leadership is essential for setting out a strong policy vision. Regulatory alignment is essential so that the rules operate in a compatible way. And having a robust 
institutional design is essential. So what is the political state of play across the key capitals in London, Belfast, Dublin and Brussels? Since the triggering of Article 50, the Irish government has developed and chartered a clear and unambiguous negotiating position for Ireland, fully aligned with its EU partners. In contrast, the UK Prime Minister continues to try to reconcile two mutually incompatible objectives, namely that of offering comfort to the hard Brexiteers within her cabinet and party, that Brexit means Brexit, and the realpolitik of negotiating a withdrawal agreement with EU27 against a telescoped timeline. As the Prime Minister seeks to maintain her position of power, weakened in numbers after the UK general election of June 2017, her government is now reliant on a first-ever confidence and supply arrangement with the DUP. The Prime Minister's emphatic rejection of the text of the withdrawal agreement establishing a common regulatory area on the island of Ireland is notable. She stated, The draft legal text that the Commission has published would, if implemented, undermine the UK common market and threaten the constitutional integrity of the UK by creating a customs and regulatory border down the Irish Sea and no UK Prime Minister could ever agree to it. Her sentiments have been echoed by the DUP. The DUP as a political force has been strengthened in its position in Westminster and as a direct consequence in its asserted positioning on Brexit. Efforts to re-establish the Northern Ireland Assembly and Executive since it collapsed in January 2017 have thus far failed. Given the current parliamentary arithmetic in Westminster, there's no incentive for the DUP to re-establish a power-sharing executive instalment. Yet, given the scale of the challenges, the pace of the negotiations and the extremely tight timeframe for concluding a withdrawal agreement, the need for the re-establishment of these political institutions could not be more acute. To conclude, if the UK wants to remain, wants to maintain maximum control and to no longer be constrained by EU rules and institutions, it will face significant barriers to trade with the EU27. High levels of single market access and regulatory alignment are likely to bring politically difficult obligations for the UK. Self-evidently, Ireland stands at the centre of this crossroads For this reason, it has and will continue to be at the forefront of considerations in the withdrawal negotiations. We are in the process of reshaping the EU's future relationship with the UK and within that, Ireland's future relationship with its nearest neighbour. In terms of the SEM, the normal work of government and the regulatory authorities has and will continue. The UK government, the Irish government and the European Commission are unanimous in their desire to preserve it. Therefore, although delayed, ISEM will go live on the 1st of October 2018. At this juncture, the precise nature of the EU-UK's future relationship is unknown. Last March, the House of Commons Northern Ireland Affairs Committee concluded that the UK government's stated position that Northern Ireland will be outside the EU customs union and single market but require no border infrastructure is unprecedented. Therefore, continuation of the SEM will depend on the compatibility of wider UK political objectives with participation in the EU internal market and customs union, 
and agreement on the nature of future dispute resolution. If the agreed backstop position to create a common regulatory area is politically agreed over the coming weeks, then many of the issues here raised here evaporate. However, the current political context is extremely challenging and without precedent. What is perhaps underarticulated, even underappreciated, is the fact that Northern Irish politics will, has and will continue to be a key dynamic in defining the nature of the overall future EU-UK trading relationship. The only way to address the Irish border question is to reach political agreement on the nature of full regulatory alignment. Other alternatives, such as the creation of distinct arrangements for Northern Ireland under the Good Friday Agreement and or greater devolution of powers to Northern Ireland, raise constitutional questions more profound than Brexit itself. As we enter the choppiest waters, keeping a steady course through a respectful and transparent negotiation process will offer the greatest hope for a stable and mutually acceptable outcome for all.